Welcome to the Bioinnovation Spotlight at Life Science Org, where we shine a light on the next big thing. I'm your host, Dr. David Kirk, and I'll be talking to the people behind early stage translational life science across Europe, whose innovative research today may be the blockbusters and game-changing technologies of tomorrow. This podcast is produced for Life Science Org, a community where European life science CEOs, founders, and investors can connect, share, and engage with each other. Life Science Org members get exclusive early access to these episodes, as well as a network of their peers, weekly expert talks, and insightful sessions with other leaders in life science. Join the conversation at www.lifescienceorg.com. I'm joined this week by Dr. Sergei Glinka, co-founder and CEO of Crystals First, a spin-out from the University of Marburg in Germany that's taking a structural data-first approach to unlocking challenging protein targets for therapeutics development. Before we get started on the science, Sergey, tell me a little bit about your background and how you came to found this company. So my background, pharmacist by training, and um, I joined the group already during uh, my my studies of, of Gerhard Kleber and uh, did some scientific experiments, mostly assay measurements. But I like the idea of, of doing science. So after I finished my my studies, I, I did a PhD and learned from scratch molecular modeling, programming, uh, nothing a pharmacist actually does in the lab. But I liked it a lot. We had a project with Novartis, and I saw the impact of the work in, in research, also at a large company. And um, but but there was there was an entrepreneurial itch somehow. I went to um, uh, to leading a, a large pharmacy in Basel um, as a managing director for three years, but I missed the science. So. Um, Lucky enough, I heard there was a discovery in the lab in the group of labor uh, where I did the PhD. So I returned and, and joined the project. And that's since 2015, uh, we've been working on this and brought a discovery and observation in the lab to a technology and industrial application and then like a functional company. So um, it was not a script, but uh, like I, f- I followed my, my passion and uh, what drove me uh, what drove my attention, like combining science and, and business. And as a pharmacist, you kind of experience that there is a medical need um, for patients. Yeah, now that's a really interesting kind of route, I suppose, to doing it and that you were able to kind of keep in touch with the old lab and, and, and come back. So tell me, what's the big unmet need that you're trying to address with Crystals First? So we initially started with a with technology and um nobody would have expected that we can there would be a solution for for this step so in in drug discovery structural biology where you see the interactions of starting points and compounds with a protein um, is kind of central for drug design but the process there is uh, driven by trial and error crystallization and then follow following experiments like soaking co-crystallization so what was discovered in the lab, there, there, is, there are rules. We derived rules and kind of streamlined the process of co-structure determination. And what we solved are actually two problems. So first of all, we solved the problem in X-ray crystallography for co-structure determination called so-called soaking. And the second problem we solved is actually the access to chemical matter, um, kind of unlocking chemical matter, def- finding starting points 
for drug design. And the second problem is, is central for so-called undruggable targets. Like those are difficult to drug, high throughput screening did not deliver a starting points, whatever screening you, um, you apply. But with our approach where we screen compounds directly on protein crystals, uh, we get more results, better results and uh, more data. I'm a geneticist in my background. So I'm, I've tried to avoid proteins my entire career. <laughs> but tell me, what's the big, because um, crystallization is difficult. It is a very difficult thing. Are you more successful with crystallization with your technology? So crystallization is still like, it's funny. Um, they call it voodoo. They call it magic. Yeah. They call it, it depends on the mood phase, whether protein crystallizes. <laughs> it depends on the water you use, uh, et cetera. Uh, so crystallization is still very sensitive. The thing is that when you get crystals, the follow-up experiments are also very, like, it's also very difficult. You lose crystals, you have um, like the, the quality deteriorates, you don't have the resolution that is required to determine structures. So we solve this, this step in a very systematic way. We improve the quality, we are 10 times faster. Um, and that enabled us to think uh, like backboard, like can we actually solve the problem of crystallization? We haven't solved it yet, but we, we believe that there will be solutions in future. And we have derived a couple of tools that can um, can drive crystallization in, in terms of getting better quality. And tell me a little bit about how your technology works then. It's called uh, Smart Soak. Is that correct? Exactly. So we are not the smartest people. We just uh, <laughs> strive to do things um, in, in a smarter way. Um, so the as I said, the standard, the industry standard is trial and error. So you have crystals, you want to solve compounds. The, uh, the standard way is, okay, um, David, what's your experience? Tell me what worked for you. And, and then it's kind of a trial and error approach that your crystals crack and you say, okay, I need to try that on something else. What we do, we have rules um, where within, within 24 hours, we stabilize crystals in a native state. Um, so there's no cross-linking, no chemistry involved there. And we can, with higher throughput, um, determine more structures with better quality. So the, the, disruptive, the disruptive aspect is actually systemization of this process, uh, of, of a random trial and error process. Are you using any other uh, tools to build on this rather than just the protein structure? Are you using software to understand the structure any better? Yeah, absolutely. So what we do is actually neglected by the industry. It's, it's, it's actually crazy that people that do it because a protein crystal has constraints and we need to make sure that we connect biology, the compounds of interest and the topology of the crystal. So before we touch any experimental uh, machines or do any experiments, uh, we do in silico soakability assessment and it proved to be uh, very successful to eliminate false negatives. You don't want empty structures in drug design. You want actually the compounds bound to the protein. So if they are empty, you cannot do uh, drug design. And you cannot imagine how many companies just throw compounds and crystals and hope uh, because they're primed that it's a random process. We don't know what will happen. 
and, and hope that they'll, they'll get the structure. But um, there are certain parameters that we pay attention to just to make sure we don't spend a lot of resources on activities that won't lead to, um, um, to, the, to the data that is required for, for drug design. Where do you see yourselves fitting into like the, um, the drug development stack exactly? We entered the market with a, a service um, proposal. So we, for the target of interest, we crystallize and do the uh, crystal graphic fragment screening and um, provide structural data and also the follow-up chemistry. And uh, when we entered the market, the like companies grabbed the technology because we solved a real problem. So and then they grabbed the technology out of our hand. So we need to readjust and um, like strategize what can we do. And uh, of course, there is some um drive as a pharmacist i want to develop drugs so we are in in, in the process of setting up an, a strategy how to integrate the technology so we can help others to develop drugs but also um, can we so can we actually develop own assets so we can partner for later stages with with other companies um, and so like and in this step not creating any conflict of interest yeah. Why do you believe this is a better approach then than the current industry standard? Uh, that's a great question. That's a great question. So um, a very established um, technology is high throughput screening. Um, but you have more complexity as an output. It's a very successful method. I'm not saying it's, um, it's a bad method. It's a good method, but it has limitations. So the biology has delivered in the in last decade, so many new modalities, like you can protect, like very exciting field, protein degradation, uh, but also challenging proteins, um, like the undruggable proteins. Uh, the biology is well understood, but the existing screening technologies don't deliver the starting points. And our method is, is more successful because it's the most, so screening by X-ray crystallography is the most sensitive method. And the output is contextual. It's not binary, a yes or no. Um, you see the context of the binding event and you can very rapidly uh, build up the chemistry, connect with the biology. So it's the sensitivity of, of the screening and the contextual data that is uh, superior and we eliminate this trial and error um, barrier with SmartSoap because we have a systematic process. Um, so we can build on that and expand, um, expand the whole uh, process uh, horizontally, so not vertically, so we can start with a protein and deliver not only starting point, structural data. Uh, we have accomplished case studies uh, where we show we can deliver follow-up compounds high throughput, like HDS-like compounds that have much higher affinity. You've mentioned the word undruggable, and we, I, you know, it's a, it's a thing in science where we, we just say something cannot be done. We don't really mm. get into why. What, what for you defines undruggable, and, and how are you, I suppose, changing that definition? So the, the term undruggable um, has been coined because high throughput screening uh, has not delivered mm. starting points. It has changed with, with uh, the Keras inhibitors, G12C of, of Amgen. Um, and with the efforts that other companies do, 
um, the work on undruggable targets, like it's changing. Like mm. if someone to like, if you would say 10 years ago, we are going for undruggable targets, people will believe you're a dreamer. If you tell it today, uh, we are going for undruggable targets, they would say, what technology do you use? <laughs> so the whole discussion has changed. So I believe we'll see more progress um, in, in the early stage and certain technologies will, will be winners. And I think pregnant-based drug discovery and structural biology will be uh, one of them. And looking to the future, I mean, considering that 10 years ago, people were saying, you know, it's dreaming the impossible dream to drug the undruggable drug, but now it's all about the tech. Where do you hope to be in about a year's time? That's a great question. And if I'm allowed to dream, if I'm allowed <laughs> to dream, um, I, I, I don't think that, I hope it's possible, but if I'm allowed to dream, I would say it would be great to have a platform that utilizes, uh, first of all, structural data in a, in a way that we can quickly use, uh, like built on computational capabilities and build drug-like compounds much more quickly, whether it's challenging or not challenging. But um, if it's a 10 years horizon, I will also add, um, artificial intelligence prediction of protein structure, but also um, like genetic information. So if you extend it in this way and you have some mutation that is uh, in, in the market, the market to develop it are super small, right? But if you have an efficient platform, it would be great if you say, okay, I have this mutation. I mean, that's, that's nature. But if we use this type of platform where you can translate genetic information to structural data, maybe validate them by, by experiments, and streamline small small molecule drug discovery, then you could be a like you could treat much more uh, patients and different types of diseases um, and improve improve lives. So I think like this would be this would be the dream. Uh, I hope someone will will build it. Um, I hope will be part of it, but uh, for the benefit of patients. I don't care who will build it, but it will be great to, to have this, uh, this platform. That's a wonderfully hopeful note, I think, uh, to end on. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been great to have you on the show. Thanks, David. If you are an early stage life science company or translational project ready to spin out and you're based in Europe, you can get on the show by going to lifescienceorg.com forward slash bioinnovation. You can get future episodes at lifescienceorg.com Thank you all for listening and see you next time.